Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading for today comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. Hear these words. We have also received an inheritance in Christ. We were destined by the plan of God, who accomplishes everything according to his design. We are called to be an honor to God's glory, because we were the first to hope in Christ. You too heard the word of truth in Christ, which is the good news of your salvation. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit because you believed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on our inheritance, which is applied toward our redemption as God's own people, resulting in the honor of God's glory. Since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, this is the reason that I don't stop giving thanks to God for you when I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation that makes God known to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the riches Richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers. And what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers. This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. God's power was at work in Christ when God raised him from the dead and sat him at God's right side in the heavens. Far above every ruler and authority and power and angelic power, any power that might be named, not only now, but in the future. God put everything under Christ's feet and made a head of everything in the church, which is his body. His body, the church, is the fullness of Christ who fills everything in every way. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What have you inherited? I have inherited my nose, my fair skin, my freckles, and my dark hair from my paternal grandmother's side of the family. And so this is uh, that side of the family gathered at a family reunion. Um, Some of the gentlemen there that are related, um, they also inherit baldness. Um, So I didn't get that, thankfully, yay. Um, But when you see uh, members of this family all together, you can kind of know we're related by the nose. Um, It's distinct, and everybody has it. I have inherited learned behavior from the people who have gone before me. I come from a long line 
of opinionated women. I know that surprises some of you. I've inherited some books and small jewelry pieces from both sets of grandparents, and I treasure those. These physical objects become tangible reminders of the loved ones who've gone before us. Hopefully most of our inheritances are positive. But sometimes they can be negative and perhaps even unwanted. We may inherit physical traits that affect our own physical health. I'm prone to high cholesterol. Thanks, family. And, uh, you know, have to watch that and anticipate that maybe becoming a problem for me later on. Sometimes we inherit unhealthy learned behaviors. When I was growing up, we didn't talk a lot about our feelings and emotions. In fact, it was often uh, the phrase, I don't know if this was ever said to me, but definitely the vibe of it was, suck it up, right? Kind of tamp it down, right? Um, We don't have time for that right now. And so now as an adult, I'm learning to have to name my emotions and express them in healthy ways. We may inherit physical objects from parents, grandparents, or other loved ones. And really, if it were up to us, we might not choose those objects. How many of you have sets of china that are in cabinets? Or sets of china that are waiting to be passed down to you um, from relatives that have gone before? A few years ago, uh, before her death, my godmother was uh, putting together her will. And she asked me if I wanted her bird, Corky. Uh, Corky was a cockatiel, and I told her flat out no. Um, Nothing against birds, but I was like, I just can't take on being a bird mom. Um, That just was too much uh, responsibility, too much for me to do at the time. And so I said no, and she had to find somebody else to take Corky. Today we are observing All Saints Day. We remember loved ones who have died. And we acknowledge what they have passed down to us, the good and the bad, the wanted and the unwanted. It can be a sad day. It can be an emotional day. And it's okay to express those emotions. See, I'm learning. It's okay to express those. But it can also be a day of encouragement and gratitude. Maybe it seems a little bit weird to have a day a Sunday, a day in the life of the church, a day in the church year, when we remember the dead, those who've gone before us. Pastor Nadia Nadia Bowles-Weber says, apart from those who have fallen in combat, Americans tend to forget our ancestors, and we spend as little time as possible publicly mourning them. But in the church, we do the very odd thing of proclaiming that the dead are still a part of us, a part of our lives, and are even an animating presence in the church. St. Paul describes the saints as a great cloud of witnesses. So when they have passed, we still hold them up, hoping, perhaps, that their virtues, their ability to have faith in God in the face of an impressive empire or a failing crop, or the blight of cancer, might become our own virtue, 
our own strength. So today we acknowledge the ordinary human beings who have made an impact on our lives. We've named people who have been connected to this church, who have impacted this church. Whether you knew them or not, they were here and their presence was important and it made a difference. Your presence here today matters. You are important and you make a difference. Even if you feel like nobody else knows your name, your presence here matters. As we've lit candles and maybe put up photos um, to remind us of those who've gone before us, their presence matters. Their presence mattered in our lives. Their presence matters to us even now, today. These people that we remember, for the most part, they're not famous, are they? They may not be famous public figures, but they are significant. Significant to us and significant to God. Through their words and their actions, we have seen God and have learned more about God. Perhaps these people shared their faith with us and influenced us in our faith journeys. You may be here today sitting in one of these chairs because one of the people that you remembered took you to church, invited you to church, maybe coerced you to go to church. And yet this day is not just about these people. We are able to celebrate, to give thanks today, to mourn as well as to rejoice because of our faith in God. The God who gave us life and created us for community with other ordinary human beings. The God who has overcome the powers of sickness, sin, and death through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The God who offers us new life and restoration. The God who promises that death is not the ending for us. That there is eternal life. That we are part of God's new creation. God is committed to people. And God chooses to work through people. Pastor Nadia Bowles-Weber adds, what we celebrate in the saints is not their piety or perfection, but the fact that we believe in a God who gets redemptive and holy things done in this world through, of all things, human beings, all of whom are flawed. The God of the universe chooses to work through you and through me, the God of the universe chooses to do God's redemptive work through saints like you and me, through the saints who've gone before us, through the saints who are going to come after us. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 11 through 12 says it this way, we have also received an inheritance in Christ. We were destined by the plan of God who accomplishes everything according to his design. We are called to be an honor to God's glory 
because we were the first to hope in Christ. Paul, credited to be the writer of Ephesians, is writing to this community in Ephesus, uh, to the Christians living in Ephesus. And Paul's words offer encouragement uh, to these, these Christians living in Ephesus. And it's also like an encouragement with a little bit of like an elbow of motivation. Like, come on, there's, there's something for you to do here. Paul writes, we have received an inheritance in Christ that God through Christ has given to us, has given grace and gifts and life and love and opportunity to us. This is our inheritance. And just like other inheritances, we have the opportunity to receive it, to treasure it, to value it, to put it to work, or to kind of cast it out. And cast it aside. And choose not to receive it. So there's this hope. There's this good news that we have received an inheritance in Christ. And yet implicitly there's this kind of call to action. Like what are we going to do with that inheritance? What are we going to, how are we going to be as that inheritance in Christ? So what have you inherited from God? What has God passed down to you? What has God given to you? Life? The blessings of family and friends? Gifts and talents? Abilities that you have within you? Those are gifts. Could it be your faith in God? That God has given you faith. God has given you a love for God and a love for other people? Could it be a desire to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God? Could it be a passion for scripture, for reading scripture and longing to understand more of God's word? Could it be a heart for prayer? and the longing for communion with God. What has God given you as an inheritance? What has God given you to enable you to then take that inheritance and to honor God with it? The writer of Ephesians gives thanks to God for the people in the Ephesian church who have received their faith in Jesus from God. And then they've activated this faith. They've put it to work. They've put legs to it, if you will. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19 says, Since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, this is the reason that I don't stop giving thanks to God for you when I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that makes God known to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers, and what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power that is working among us believers. 
This power is conferred by the energy of God's powerful strength. Paul commends these Christians for receiving this inheritance in Christ and then putting it into action through their faith in God, through their love for God, their love for other people. And Paul, the writer, offers this kind of prayer for them, saying, hey, I hope you continue to keep at it. And not only that, I pray for wisdom for you so that you can continue to to be wise in how you live your life, that you can continue to be discerning in how you live out your faith in this world. I loved that phrase, pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see. That with this inheritance, Paul says, hey, I want you to be able to have light, to be able to see what is good, to maybe shine light into the darkness. Paul's words, through this kind of encouragement and through this prayer, gives us the sense that these early Christians were not wasting the inheritance that had been given to them. They were putting it to work. They were living it out in word and deed. And more and more people came to believe in Christ through the example and the influence of these Ephesian Christians. When you read the Bible, and maybe even in the New Testament, if you will, if you read some of the New Testament letters, Paul is mentioned a lot. So is Peter and some of the other early apostles. And then you get these kind of random names here and there. Phoebe. You get these random people. Um, Tabitha. And sometimes they're only mentioned once. And then it kind of moves on to the next group of people, to the next city, to the next place. But then there were also thousands of other Christians and early Jesus followers who were not mentioned in the Bible. They were part of those crowds, the thousands who were added to the number day by day. And we don't know their names. We don't know their stories. They weren't written down. But I believe that they received their faith. They received faith in God. They received God's grace. And they lived it out in their lives. And perhaps they passed down their faith to their children and to their grandchildren and to the generations that came after them. And for thousands of years, people have been passing down this faith. Whether it to be family members or friends, people known to us, but also passing down our faith to those who come along behind us and we may never know their names or their stories. You and I, we are here today in this place because of the people who've come before us, who've influenced us with their faith, who've taught us the faith, who've encouraged us in the faith. And we're also here today because of these thousands, probably millions of unknown people who've gone before us, who've been faithful in what was given to them and who've lived it out, who've loved God and who've loved other people. So my question for us today as we wrap up our time, what are you passing on to future generations? 
to your children, grandchildren, people younger than you? Do they know of your faith in Jesus Christ? Do they know why it is important to you? While we cannot force other people to have faith, it's offered, it's a gift, it needs to be received um, by each and every person. While we cannot force other people to have faith, we can certainly influence. We can certainly teach about the faith. We can talk about our faith. We can practice our faith with future generations and pass that faith down as an inheritance so that those coming along behind us will be able to receive the Christian faith as their own and find new ways to practice it. Maybe it does feel a little weird to talk about what we're leaving behind because that implicitly means we're kind of talking about death. And we don't like to talk about that. Writer Timby Locke says, any conversation about death is really a disguised conversation about living. It's about how we want to live our lives. And so when we talk about our loss, when we visit it, it's an invitation to think about the living and how we want to live and what we want to leave behind and the quality and kinds of relationships we want to have. And so, my fellow saints, as we live today, as long as we live, as long as there's breath and movement in our bodies, there's opportunity to live out our faith, to live out this inheritance that we have received in Christ, and then to pass it down to those who are coming along behind us. What do you want to pass on? How will you live your life now so that others will come to know the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the peace of the Holy Spirit? Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you are a God at work, that you are a God at work in our lives, that you are a God at work in our world that you are a God at work in each and every one of us. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us. May we, be, may we be good stewards of those gifts, putting them to their best and most faithful uses. And God, we thank you for the gift of faith and for the opportunity to share it with others so that others may come to know and experience your love. God, may we um, pass down our faith. May we pass down our stories. May we pass down the love that we have experienced in you and pass it on to others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. 
For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.